0: Welcome to Dentists, Puns and Money. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and my guest in this episode is Michael Dinzio. Michael is a partner and coach with Next Level Consultants, and over the past decade, he's helped over 500 dentists start, buy, and grow their practices. Michael and I discussed how a dentist can decide whether to buy a practice or start one from scratch and also how a dentist can not only survive, but thrive in their new practice. As a reminder, our affiliated firm, Dentist Exit Planning, helps dentists on their journey towards financial independence. If you are interested in finding your eventual exit from active practice, we are here to help, whether you're three months or 30 years away. To schedule an initial consultation with us visit DentistExit.com and click Schedule Meeting in the top right corner of the main page to schedule your discovery call with us. And with that introduction, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Michael Dincio. All right, Michael Dincio, welcome to Dentist Puns and Money. I'm excited to hear your story. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Sean. Thanks
1: for having me, man. I'm I'm excited.
0: I've been looking forward to this all week. So thank you, I appreciate that. My favorite place, just to get started, uh, to give the audience a little bit of background on sort of who you are and your journey and what uh, value you provide to dentists. Could you share a little bit about your background and, I guess, the Reader's Digest version of how you reached this current point of your career? Reader's Digest, that's going to be a tough one, but uh, everybody loves talking about
1: themselves. I guess, (laughs) Um, yeah. No, I thanks for that. So um, I got into the industry. No, a little over a decade ago uh, originally started as a, a banker in the industry did focused on dental lending and and uh, had a successful career doing that for for a, a long time served the pacific northwest served the uh, colorado and wyoming market so had an opportunity to work uh, throughout the country and it's primarily in the west but still got got a flavor of the rest of the country and I had, had a great time doing it, but, um, was missing something. I always say that transactional lending is, um, it was great, but just got exhausted from it, from, from doing bank loans and, you know, just talking about interest rate every day. Super fun. Right. Sean, um, you, you, you work in, in the business of percentages too. So, but it, but in my world, you know, I'm selling money. And so it got a little, it got a little, uh, mundane. So that's when I flipped over to consulting and I realized that my clients uh, hired me because of what I knew less about, you know, what interest rate they they could get. And so, um, so yeah, we, we've been working with dentists now for three, four years, helped over 120 now, even through COVID get into practice, um, whether it's a startup or an acquisition. And then uh, now next level is a full service consulting firm that helps doctors not only get into ownership, but also thrive post-open or post-close once they get the keys. So
0: that's what we're doing today. So in my experience, a little bit rare for consultants to work with dentists on the buy side, if you will. There's no shortage of, of brokers out there that want to help dentists sell their dental practice and take a percentage of the, the total sale price for their compensation. But more rare to find people on the buy side. And then, as you just outlined, you're not only on the the side of someone starting a practice completely from scratch, but also buying into an existing practice that's already in going and in business. What attracts you to that side of the the table, if you will?
1: So, what you're saying is, is I'm a unicorn, Sean. I think is that. <laughs> is that, is that... <laughs> so I couldn't uh... have said it
0: better myself. Thank you for. Uh... <laughs> Uh, that horn on your head, figuratively speaking. for Yeah, me. Thank you.
1: Uh, exactly right. No, I think it's that banking that banking uh, background that helped me get into both sides of that, right? So as a banker, I got an opportunity to fund a lot of acquisitions and see a lot of pitfalls and kind of see where deals get caught up, see what, see what the practice brokers are trying to do and just got a feel for evaluation. I took some valuation training courses and just in general fell in love with with that piece of it, but I always also had a love for startups. And startups are unique because you' it, it, it's not for the fainted heart and um, usually uh, folks uh, and uh, think that they want to buy a practice. I, I actually used to go to schools and and survey the room. how many of you want to buy a practice, how many of you want to do startup? Well, every single time, it was 9 out of 10 would raise their hand, I want to buy a practice. And then that one brave, brave soul would say, I want to do a startup. Well, the funny thing was, is I realized over time that 50% of that room would actually do a startup because they couldn't find the right practice or the practices were overvalued or whatever, market conditions. It's, it's very challenging. So I can navigate in both directions, which does make me a little bit of unicorn. But um, but yeah, the buyer rep stuff. I think your original question was, it's it is a little rare, and I think I think it's very it's very much needed because today that that hole is being filled by CPAs, and nothing against the CPAs that are listening to the show, but the consultants get to see a practice on another level than just black and white cash flow and valuation and and allocation schedule. That's kind of where the CPAs linger, where we look at production, we look at marketing, we look at uh, the the team, their production levels, we look at the hygiene department, we look at collection rates, we look at uh, insurance fees, we look at all kinds of stuff. So what we're trying to do is put a transition plan in place for a buyer so that not only is it a good buy at the right price with the right allocation schedule, but also what the roadmap is day one, because it could be a great practice to purchase, but it might be a difficult transaction if the hygienists are not selling any perio. They don't believe in Perio, or or we know that the front desk isn't really collecting. So how are you going to train that front office person and doing a better job submitting claims and collecting money up front? So It might be a great practice to purchase, but there's going to be some hardship post-close. So we've really put a knack, we've put a a good
0: solution together at our firm for that. So So for the dentist that you said something interesting in there, that was most people want to buy a practice. I think you said nine out of 10 want to buy a practice, but then if you really push more people will actually do a cold start and say that they'll do a cold start. Could you expand on that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that the majority does a cold start. I would just say that more people do a startup than the original intent when Ah. thinking about about ownership. They all want to do ownership. All all of you folks listening that are dentists, you all want to do ownership. One of the craziest statistics that I learned in the industry a long time ago was that like 70%, maybe even 80% of dentists will own a practice at some point in their career. And I you know I have an mba. i'm I'm educated in business, right? And there's a lot of business people that don't won't that that learned business, went to school for business, but never will actually own their own business. Whereas you have here dentists on the phone here or or on the through the car radio or whatever you're listening to, eighty percent of you will get into ownership but um never had a business course. so, so isn't isn't that interesting? Talk about puns, right? I mean, that's 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 the truth of the of the matter. And so, acquisition seems to be the safer play because you've got a, you've got cash flow, you've got a team already, you can just kind of plug in. But what happens again is people go down that acquisition path only to find out that they can't get into first place and win a practice, or it, it's just not the right practice for them. You're looking for the right fit. And so they end up saying, you know what? Screw this. I've been trying to buy a practice for two years now. I can't find anything. I want to take my my own destiny into my own hands, and I'm gonna con- you know do a scratch start. And that's not a bad way to go. Uh, we can talk all day about the success of a startup. It's different, you know. It has its own risks, but so do so do acquisitions. Frankly,
0: so is geography the driving force in a lot of those scenarios where you have a dentist that says boy, this practice over here looks great, but I don't want to live in any town, USA. Um, I have my roots down in where I live now and I can't find anything in a 10 or 15 mile radius from where I actually live and want to keep living. So in the absence of that, I'll just start my own thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I would say that on average, most of my clients and dentists that that I've interviewed over the years, even as a banker, they do kind of restrict themselves a bit with geography. Like I feel like if you guys could just open your minds up a little bit more, you'd be able to find more opportunity. But when you, when you get granular, like I want to be in these two zip codes, you well, you're probably not going to find a practice that, that is perfect for you. You're going to find a practice if you look long enough, it just might not be as profitable. The equipment might not be good whatever the scenario is so yeah that tends to if you get really granular and you you get very specific it, that tends to to be the startup conversation for sure
0: so let's take a little bit of time and kind of dive into each of them separately so in terms of a startup a cold start or a scratch start whatever you want to call it what are the big things that someone has to get right and what are the sort of the things that people doing that have to really be aware of that are going to really throw a wrench in the spokes and make that process way harder than it has to be
1: yeah i think the number one thing for me is for a scratch start or a de novo start as they say in the, in the industry is like you have to be super crystal clear about what you're trying to achieve in the end of it all because what, what happens is is like people just get frustrated they can't find a practice can't find, and then so i'm just going to do a startup i'm going to call the local equipment rep and just start talking to their connections. And next thing you know, I'm going to open up shop. What can't be really just shooting from the hip. Although many of you do it that way. And oddly enough, the default rates are still very, very low for startups, like literally 88, or sorry, 98 to 99% are successful. So still extremely uh, successful in the fact that they don't default. That doesn't mean defaults is the definition of success. <laughs> I always say that too, but just because the default rates are low doesn't mean that you're kill- killing it, right?
0: Or you're very happy with your life you're and right. how it turned out, right?
1: <laughs> it's Sean, I mean, Sean, we're talking to you today as a financial advisor. I mean, if you don't have any money to invest, that's that's kind of the point of this whole thing of called work. But nonetheless, just by statistics definition speaking, startups can be successful too. And they just need to have some purpose going into that process. So that means a business plan, projections, budgeting, demographics, which we help all of those things with, all of our clients with. And and once you have that kind of teed up budget, projections, business plan, demographics, then it would be appropriate to approach a bank and get lending. But what I what I find happens, and I used to be a lender, is doctors will just call the local bank and say, hey, give me a loan. And the banks don't even ask for business plans anymore. It's kind of mind-blowing that they give you $600,000, $700,000 for a startup scratch loan, and you don't have any business plan at all. Just because the bank doesn't require it, doesn't mean that it's not, you shouldn't have it you know, you shouldn't do it, that exercise. Right.
0: Because just to interrupt, the bank is only concerned with you making the payment every month. They're not necessarily concerned with, are you going to be happy and enjoy your practice if you do it this way?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm talking to a gentleman in Phoenix, very competitive market. And he did not use us for our services as startups, but he's a year in and he's struggling. You know, he's at collections of 150,000. And so... You know, lot, lots going on there. I could, I could dissect all of the things that I'm seeing initially, but that could be you. Is he paying his bills? Yeah. Yeah, not he's paying, paying his himself, bills.
0: but he's paying Exact,
1: <laughs> Exactly. That's the whole point. So I think if you just kind of walk into it and meander into it, the bankers got their connections, the equipment guys and gals got their friends, the contract. Next thing you know, you're talking to the right team. You're talking to all the A players in the marketplace, and all of those people can get you to grand opening 100%. It's going to be a beautiful office, beautiful chairs. Everything's going to be great. The thing that's missing is probably a business plan, a marketing strategy, how to how to hire, what's the schedule, you know, how, what conversations you're going to have with the patients, how you're going to market to those patients, it goes on and on. So have some purpose and have some intentionality on the front end before you even go into that process. I think that's the biggest mistake most of the the clients that I, that I, or people that I hear do startups.
0: So you and Next Level Consultants are solving for a different thing, a different bar, a higher bar, uh, profitability, and and hopefully happiness and satisfaction with the practice that you end up starting. When you work with someone who you take through that process to start their own practice from scratch, what does the length of that engagement look like usually, and what is if, as much as you're willing to share, the the, the cost structure or the, the fee structure look like from uh, your perspective?
1: Yeah, no,'m I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. So the process and the time frame, you know, the, the process is is usually a twelve, sometimes eighteen month process. Every market's different. Permits are a huge factor to that. We're in eighteen states. One of those states is California the Bay Area, we're looking at one startup that's taking six months for permits. And then you go to Texas and maybe you could get them for two, you know one month to two months. And so permitting process greatly ch- changes that timeline. So I'm just gonna go out on the limb here and say fastest I've ever seen, eight, nine months, Longest two years, <laughs> but that's a development deal that we've been waiting on a building to to form up. So, it, but definitely a range. Our fee's flat. It's going to range somewhere between twenty to to thirty five, depending on all the things we do. Credentialing, we do billing. We stay on for a few months after to to make sure training is there. Uh, we pop in uh, and we'd like to meet your team and do an in office team training. Some people opt out of that. It, it's not it's not as customizable as I'm trying to make it sound, but at the same time, if if budget's an issue, I don't want that to be the reason why you don't get help. If that makes
0: sense, so that's kind of the range and the and the process. And then, if we could contrast this a little bit, or I guess compare it to to someone that's buying an existing practice, uh, what are the differences there? What are the things to look out for? What are the characteristics? of a dentist who is happy with what they bought and how they structured everything five, 10, 15 years down the road?
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll address both of those. So an acquisition client um, before they even own looks completely different too. That might be a three to six month process. We're helping folks value practices, uh, submit LOIs, negotiate with the practice broker, help them do the due diligence once we're in contract assist on the lease and the purchase and sale, put in that transition plan that we talked about. We're still going to do credentialing for those folks. If if it's a PPO type scenario where there's insurances involved, we're going to help set up a membership plan, an HR manual, and get get all those systems ready to roll for day one. Because although it's an acquisition and you're going to walk into, uh, so to speak, a a well-oiled machine. I'm going to tell you right now, most practices are not well-oiled machines. And so you got to figure out what those deficiencies are before you take over so that um, there aren't any gaps. And so that's what that acquisition program looks like. Without credentialing involved, we're charging about 6,500. And that's not all due at the the front end. The majority of all these costs for both startup and acquisition are mainly uh, built right into the loan. So. Uh, at most of the major lenders know who Next Level is, and and usually is is very happy to add us to the budget to make sure that their clients are taken care of. Once someone gets into ownership, totally different scenario. We're all about being flexible. We have a month to month program, and and that does there is a range about where you're at in the country because we like to be in office. And so there's travel expenses that we need to figure out. We also have a, a performance software. We're a partner of dental intelligence, which is a big, we're big fans of that. And so there's a lot, a lot to that consulting piece, but, but yeah, that's a, that's a, and that's a, but that is a month to month uh, agreement. Did Th- that answer your question, Sean?
0: Yeah. So maybe we were kind of there already. The, the ongoing coaching, is that a, sort of a separate agreement or a separate engagement from the the acquisition process, if you will,
1: yeah, it's totally separate, separate. So uh, I would say seventy five percent of our clients keep us on for a period of time after the transition because they're brand new owners. Um, uh, but we have a lot of clients just just obviously reaching out to us to try to increase their performance as practice owners uh, that that have owned for years and years. We've got many of those clients. but, um, but yeah, they are totally two separate "quote unquote" departments.
0: Maybe a little bit deeper there. I was reading on your website before we hit record, and the thing that I that stood out to me, or that looked like a differentiator for your ongoing coaching or your practice management program, was something along the lines. And I'm going to butcher this, but you said we try to do well enough that we fire ourselves, which was effectively you guys saying, you know, we want this to be more along the lines of project based. And have sort of a finite endpoint versus like us staying with you for 30 years, which is good for the business uh, if you're going to you know, be a, uh, have a client for 30 years. But I think maybe what you were driving at is if you do it right and they take action on the items that they're supposed to take action on, it doesn't need to be a forever thing. Is that where you guys sort of... Is that the philosophy or the mindset behind how you guys try to help practices?
1: Yeah, that is our philosophy. I mean, we all came from consulting firms that did it a little bit differently uh, we've got three coaches at next level. I'm one of those coaches. I focus on marketing, business coaching strategy, just a leadership, uh, Paula, my partner who I think should be on the program to talk about hygiene at a later date, but she's the clinical hygienist, uh, of the team. She owns her own practice. She's, she's the clinical and operations coach. And then there's Stefani out of Ohio. And she's our front office credentialer. She can help with assist with billing and train billing. So we have a really nice base. So to that philosophy, Sean, is we like to be tactical. We like to fix problems. And when we get to a place where a practice is exhausted, and quite frankly, when you have three coaches nagging you, you're going to get exhausted. I mean, it's like, imagine having a trainer at the gym. You got one trainer for your lower body, one trainer for your upper body, and then you have another trainer about like what you're drinking and your whole diet. And they're all nagging at you for <laughs> months and months and months. You're going to get results. No question about it. The question is, is at what point are you going to kind of max out? And that's, that's the team too. You know, the team can only take so much change. And so we actually have some programs where you can get on and off our program, but still maintain some kind of uh, relationship with us that's much less than the normal fee. So I guess what I'm saying is, is yes, that is our philosophy. We like to get intentional. We like to solve problems. We don't like just to kind of linger and hang out. And that's why we're month to month. Um, And that's why we have some programs that aren't as expensive, but still keep us in the game, call it a maintenance plan. That's very, very reasonable. Um, so as you can see, that's, that's, that's exactly what we are is someone that doesn't want to just milk the system. Like, I hate to say it, like, like a lot of consultants
0: do. Yeah. Just ongoing forever. When, if you're really being intentional and you're really uh, taking action, then you should be able to solve a lot of the problems I would think um, in a shorter amount of time than from now until forever. I,
1: I can give, I, absolutely. I can give you a list of uh, a few clients that I can think of right now uh, that would tell you that yeah, uh, Michael and Paula thought that we should take a break <laughs> just because, because the action stopped. And, and I think that's the thing with consultant. If I could stick up for all consultants today, that would be, we're all really good at what we do. We've got great information. A lot of us have backgrounds that are different. Like Paula has the hygiene background. So she's going to be super strong in hygiene. I have the business and marketing background. I'm going to be all about P&Ls and strategy and marketing and growth, uh, leadership. Stefani's all front office. So we're all, all of us consultants in the industry come from that background. The question is, is, you know, what do you need and what are you trying to work on? And, but the problem is, is that dentists don't really listen. It's, it's, I hate to say it, but you have to be committed to the process. Otherwise, don't hire a consultant. And um, but if you're gonna take action and you're gonna make those changes and you're committed to the process, you're gonna see a lot of great results. But it's the action part that that's missing. And you know, we just can't be in the office every single day for you driving it. We're not an office manager. We're your consultant. It's up to you to drive these these
0: things. So So be ready to be coachable if you're gonna hire next level consultants.
1: Even greater than that not just be coachable i think all of our clients are coachable i think it's it's hold yourself accountable to the program cuz you could be coachable and take all the great information in but if you don't implement some of the ideas or tell your team this is what we're doing with authority it's not going to stick it's just going to be some consultant coming in telling the hygienist to do it this way and then they're going to do it for a day and then stop doing it and when next level comes in next month to say, Hey, you guys aren't doing it. They'll do it for another day and then stop again. The dentist, the owner of the practice has to be there every single day saying, Hey, we're not doing it. How come? Let's try again. Do you need some training here? We're tracking this. Let's, let's try better for tomorrow. It's, it's that leadership accountability piece that's missing.
0: Ongoing intentionality with what you're you're focusing on so you said come in to the practice uh, I think that's something worth mentioning you guys just have a single location as I understand it, but you work with practices all over the country and you're not doing this over zoom you're actually flying out flying in and and physically on site and maybe if you could expand on that and uh, give a few points on how that is helpful
1: yeah I, I get that question a lot from my startups even from my acquisitions and definitely my practice management clients so you know, we can coach you remotely, no problem. I mean, COVID taught us that, but there's something sticky about being in office. Uh, the cool thing is, is although I, I live and reside in the Pacific Northwest, Paula lives and resides in Arizona, Stefani's in Ohio, we're, we're everywhere. So in a lot of ways, you could, a coach could be in your office pretty quickly, no matter no matter who the coach is. But yeah, we like to be in the office. And we like to be hands on rolling up our sleeves and listening, observing you know trying to trying to roll roll up our sleeves with you. I think that's the key um, but it's amazing how much you can get done with zoom <laughs> but the te- I think the team appreciates seeing our faces for sure
0: so we've tried to hit on some of the high level pieces that are important about both a startup and an acquisition, but for those that want more specifics and more granularity on those, you offer or have put out there a podcast for each of those separate transactions. Could you share the name of each of those podcasts and, and sort of what you try to accomplish with with each of those?
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, Sean. It's it's fun being in the podcast game, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's a weird it's a weird little world we live in, but uh, us that are doing it are a little obsessed with it. So thanks, Sean, for having this program. It's fun, but. The two podcasts I run is Startup Unscripted and Acquisition Unscripted. Um, We just had a name change. So be looking for that if it's uh, uncensored instead of unscripted, but uh, it is Startup Unscripted and Acquisition Unscripted. And what we're doing is we're starting in episode one and working our way through both of those transactions from start to finish. So it's very focused. It's uh, less interviewing great people, kind of uh, random topics, but it's more intentional. So uh, literally, if you're going to do a startup and you started episode one and ended at twenty one and you went in that order with your startup, essentially you have a free coach. But you know you can only you can only cover th- thirty minutes of content. There's so much more, but it at least gives you some kind of roadmap.
0: So as we start to to wrap things up here Michael is there anything uh, that I haven't hit on or asked you about that you think would be important to add for our listeners
1: you know i i think big picture and thanks again Sean for for the 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 voice but i, I just think that like it, you know to to go back to what we were at and that is you know to be an owner these days fighting against the dso's and some corporate dentistry you have to take you really have to take Uh, ownership and accountability of being a business owner and, and really be purposeful. Like don't just go in and think that you could be a clinician and listen, I I own my own business. I get it. I'm the HR guy. I'm the CFO. I'm the marketing guy. I'm, I'm, I'm everything just like you are.
0: You're the C suite in the beginning, right? (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) And then I'm sweeping the floors later today because they're filthy. But the, the point, the point, that I'm making here is that if you don't carve time out to work on your business and this goes for any business, this goes for you too Sean you're just living in your business every single day, and the only thing that's going to make you better is to invest time and energy into it, give yourself an admin day, focus on priorities, get some help, whether it's with a coach or or friends, but you got to carve that time out and then you got to hold yourself accountable to those goals because otherwise it's just ideas. Everybody needs a coach. I, my favorite um, example of that is Michael Jordan, because any of you that are sports fans, they, they just did the last dance in the Netflix series, which was a really great series. If you paid attention, Michael Jordan was a phenomenal basketball player up to the point where Phil Jackson was, was hired as the coach. Up to that point, he had won defense awards, offensive awards. He was the man even starting when he was a rookie he's just killing it right but he never had won championships until phil jackson took over so it's really interesting that the, the dude was a phenomenal basketball player but the minute phil jackson came in into play they just started crushing it and so i think that that everybody knows a personal trainer is going to get better results so consider consider getting some help
0: so the name of the podcast is Dentist puns and money are you ready with your Best or worst, depending on how you look at it. Uh, dental joke. Yeah.
1: This is a pretty bad one. It's, it's, a, it's a good one, though. So, so Sean, what are, what's another word for a dental x-ray?
0: What's another word for a dental x-ray? I do not know. Toothpicks. Toothpicks. I That's got it. It's pretty bad.
1: <laughs> That's pretty bad. Hey, You, you said the, 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 the worst, the better. So
0: that was my favorite worst of all time. It works for me. It works for me. For those interested in learning more about Next Level Consultants and you and the services you offer, what's the best way to find out more information and or to get in touch with you, Michael?
1: Yeah, go to go to the website nxlevelconsultants with an s.com. Um you could even email me or or call me at 720-309-9551. Happy to Give you a free consult for an hour, whether you're buying, starting up, can't decide or trying to get your practice to the next level, please reach out. We're, we're happy to lead with a giving hand and help you wherever you're at. And if we can't, we'll love to refer you on to somebody else if, if they could do better. So
0: that is Michael Dencio, a partner and coach with Next Level Consultants. Michael, thank you for sharing your expertise, your story, and for being a guest on Dentist Puns and Money.
1: Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Dentists, Puns, and Money. For more information about my day job, which is guiding dentists to their financial off-ramp from active practice, you can visit DentistExit.com. And there, you can find more information about us, sign up for our email newsletter, or schedule a discovery call with Sean. And that's me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And also please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. As for the boring legal stuff, Dentist Exit Planning and Terrell Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Dentist Exit Planning or Terrell Advisors, LLC. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only and past performance is not indicative of future results.